What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 209 of Spinning Thoughts. We have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. The video podcast drops the same day at noon Eastern, and then the audio hits all platforms on Mondays. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. And if you're watching this video on YouTube, please give the video a like. Make sure you're subscribed. This is an amazing way to show your support and let us know that you like all the free music content that we're giving you here this year. I am very excited for what we have planned for episode 209. My very special guest is Sydney Sprague and... Wow, what an amazing artist she is. Her debut full-length album, Maybe I Will See You at the End of the World, is due out February the 26th via Rude Records. I've already pre-ordered the vinyl, which we'll talk about in our conversation, and so, so much more. Sydney is incredible. But before we get to that conversation, we're going to be playing new music from Callie Mossy and Shallow Poles. The way that we get this music coordinated for the shows, at least so far this year is I just send out a tweet randomly on what bands want their music to be featured on the show and we just go from there I listen to everything and whatever just makes sense or vibes with the guests that I'm going to be having on or just whatever kind of happens happens so if you're interested in joining you don't even have to be in a band shout out a band hit me up on Twitter at spin thoughts Let's kick things off here with the brand new single from Cali Mossy it's coming off uh, their forthcoming album due out March the 26th via Take This to Heart Records. It's titled Laughs. This single that just dropped is called Trophy Deer. Could be, and I won't be 
everything that I should So you just finished listening to Trophy Deer, the brand new single from Callie Mossy. Again, it's off their upcoming album, Laughs Due Out, March the 26th via Take This to Heart Records. All right, now we're going to hear another brand new single, this time from Shallow Pools. I have a lot of excitement about this band. There's a lot of singles that they've dropped Something tells me that maybe they're due for an EP or an LP or something. I am liking everything that they're doing. Ice Water is their latest single, just dropped January the 15th. I hope you enjoy.
So you just finished listening to the brand new single Ice Water from Shallow Pools. I reached out to the band and said, yo, do you got anything that you want me to share about the track or what the band's got going on? And this is what they told me. So Ice Water offers listeners a fusion of pop-inspired synth, powerful riffs, and melodic bass. The juxtaposition of uplifting instrumentation and expressive lyrics perfectly depicts the mental struggles of quarantine and isolation. Yeah, yeah, I could feel that for sure. Um, they are saying to expect a whole lot more where this came from and that there's more music and visuals coming soon. So make sure you follow Shallow Pulls. All of their uh, social media information should be ticking down below. All right, this is uh, an exciting time to be here right now at Spinning Thoughts because I'm thrilled to share my conversation with Sydney Sprague. Again, her debut full-length album is about to drop on February the 26th via Rude Records. Everybody enjoy. All right, everybody. So I am really, really excited to bring on my guest here in episode 209. I was telling Sydney off the air that She's been on my list to to bring on for a, a podcast and now video podcast. So I am thrilled. Everybody, we've got Sydney Sprague on the show for 209. Sydney, how's it going? It's going good, I think. Yeah, it's good. I know. That's a tough question to answer <laughs> um, in the world and climate that we're living in um, because it's madness right now. But we still yeah. have to kind of truck forward and see what we can do to make the world a better place. And, and that kind of leads me to my very first question because... You know, as I'm starting up the podcast again here in the new year, every time I'm sitting down to write questions, I'm saying to myself, man, like it's hard to just dive into the music um, right away because um, I don't know. It seems like I should just start and say, like, how are you? <laughs> because the world is right? so like, are you OK? <laughs> Sydney, I mean, just before we dive into the music, like, how are you doing right now? I'm doing good. I'm doing it you know, as well as can be expected. It's all fucking weird, but, uh, you know, my personal circumstances are good. I've got a studio in my house, so I'm locked in here making songs and doing the thing. I can't complain too much. Yeah. You know, I, I, I often get people who talk to me about like what they see in the background of my videos. I got a lot to kind of take in. Um, and you kind of have that going on in your yeah, background yeah. too, with buttons and knobs and stuff. <laughs> Real quick, I mean, what am I, you, you have a studio in-house. What am I seeing behind you? Uh, can you give me just like a quick tour of what I'm yeah. seeing? In the frame? I got some guitars. This is my jazz master, um, a prophet. I don't play that too much. That's more of my partner Chuck's situation. Yep. Um, this is like an Ableton live kind of pad thing. And we've got some modular synths over here, which again is not totally my, <laughs> my uh, area of expertise, but mm -hmm. I try to turn the knobs every once in a while. Yeah, I'm really jealous just kind of looking. It's, it looks like a sick setup, and um, uh, I'm sure we'll maybe talk about how maybe some of that came into the recording process of your debut full length, or um, who knows? You're going to be the one who tells us everything. So, um, Sydney, give me a brief history here. Now, I, I, you know, I when I talk to a band, I try to do as much in-depth research as I possibly can, you know, with my massive team here at Spinning Thoughts. Um, and I did actually learn a little bit more about you than just what I've seen leading up to this debut full length in my research. But what is like the brief history lesson? Because I feel like you kind for me, you kind of came out of nowhere and I'm, I'm loving this. Like where yeah. what's your story? It's funny. This, this album and this thing that's currently happening feels like a totally like fresh start from everything that I've been doing for the last like 10 or so years. But I, 
you know, I've been doing this since I was 12. I started playing shows and putting out EPs when I was too young to do that. It was not good for a while. (laughs) But yeah, I've released five or six EPs through the course between then and now. Um, I was playing shows all in between that time, mostly like gigging, like for a living kind of thing, like cover gigs and bars and restaurants. That's been my grind for the last like eight years of just like five or six nights a week. Wow. Sitting in the corner playing covers. So I've been doing. I mean, were they under your name? Yeah. Yeah. So this debut full length though, I mean, this is, there's been a buildup for quite some time to get to this point. Very, very long time. It feels like a very long time. <laughs> and even just like your your social media presence is just, it feels so authentic, which I think is just obviously why people are, you know, attaching to you on social media and the music, obviously. But uh, you're just so authentic and people seem to really, really notice that with you. Uh, what I'm seeing with your social media is just like this whole experience of this album just seems to be so exhilarating and exciting to you. You don't... We're not from it yet, you know? Yes. I'm, I mean, this is like, you know, finally living my dream that I've been working up to for, you know, my whole life. So I'm, I'm a pretty not ashamed to say that I'm like a fangirl of my own reality right now. Um, every time I see like, you know, I saw your, uh, the new music playlist that I got popped on yesterday. I'm on there with like, you know, some of my, you know, favorite artists. And so I wake up every day just like, holy shit, that's so cool. Um, So yeah, it's hard not to just be really excited about all that stuff. Yeah, I bet. You know, I played in bands before um, and obviously it didn't work out. That's why I have a podcast now, but uh, (laughs) I might be very fine. (laughs) (laughs) Really exciting though, to see um, just how great things are turning out for you, especially especially like in the madness that 2020 was for bands and artists. It really hit them hard. And and it looks like you have a bright future here in 2021. So let's talk about that more um, in in February. So we're like just, just over a month away. Uh, your debut full length, Maybe I Will See You at the End of the World, is due out. Uh, and again, February 26th via Rude Records, which we'll talk about Rude in a second because I love, love Rude and a lot of the artists on there. Uh, And we'll dive into detail about this record, but just on the surface, Sydney, how are you feeling? We're almost there, right? You've had a lot of pre-release singles that we'll talk about. It's got to be feeling like really intense right now. I'm so pumped. I'm so ready. I've, I've been waiting obviously for a long time. Um, And I just, I made the record last January. So it's actually been like a pretty fast process, but it's felt so much longer because of, you know, the year being just kind of like trapped in my apartment clawing my hairs out waiting for this so I'm super ready so let's talk a little bit more about the timeline I you know with spinning thoughts my big thing when I talk to artists is I really love to dive into the album and and get to know a little bit more than just like what we're hearing you know every album has a, a time frame some bands are sitting on it for a long time or working on it for a long time some it's it's pretty rapid yours seems pretty interesting though just you know with COVID um it sounds like you're saying you started writing it in January of 2020, right? So that's kind of right before all this shit happened. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I actually wrote it. A l- I wrote it like pretty much throughout the course of 2019. And then it was ready to record in January. And that's when gotcha. we did the whole thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, obviously the writing process will come first. So you wrote yeah. you wrote these 10 songs uh, in yeah. 2019. You jump into the studio. And when we say studio, is it your studio that you're jumping into? No, we actually did it at Hall of Justice in Seattle. 
it's a uh, death cab famous studio yeah. if you're a fan of them um wow. like nirvana recorded there it's like hugely uh, impressive place wow and where are you located sydney i'm in phoenix arizona okay all right do, do you know trevor and sundress then are you yeah yeah i actually i have a feature on one of their songs on their new record wait a sec cash out if you've heard that one wait a second wait 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 are you even credited on it like on the yeah, album? yeah i think so wait a i think so hold on hold on i know we're taping but let me, me check <laughs> actually now that we're talking about it i don't know if it's like on the album album okay this yeah this is what i'm talking about here so yeah no fucking clue sydney yeah that's me i love this album i love Trevor. it's so good right they really crushed it mike pepe who produced it actually mixed my record yep yep i i figured there had to be some sort of connection between rude i saw um mike was producing that is crazy and you know what yeah. that i remember trevor talking about you being featured on that song um yeah. that song is wild and i love uh He's great. Uh, so you go to this studio though, um, in 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 early 2020. How long were you in there? Obviously, it sounds like you probably were in and out before all of the madness of the world hit. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, it was super funny. I was we recorded all of January, which was like, you know, the longest I've ever had the opportunity to like be in a studio. Super cool. Highly recommend. Um, <laughs> It was sick, uh, but it was in Seattle, which is where COVID had its like first cases in the US. And the first case came out while we were still in the studio. So it was like just starting as we finished the process of just like, oh shit, like something's going on. So it was pretty weird, honestly. Wow, yeah, it's, it's nuts to see this timeline because there's like a line in the sand, you know, like where it's just like things changed for bands in our scene and our community. And, um, you know, geez, I'm glad that you were able to get in there and get this done before the madness really hit. Yeah, same. It was, I really lucked out in that department. So uh, what is your writing process, right? You, you said you were writing a lot of these songs in 2019. Um, what is your approach? Uh, you have a band that's around you. I don't know really what your structuring is, if it's the same members or if it's a rotating kind of thing. Like, what is your approach to, because these songs are full, they're eclectic. There's so much going on in it, like depth. So that's actually the best word with your songs. There's depth. How do you, how do you get there? Um, it's a, it's different every time, but it always, I mean, most of the songs, all of the songs on the record were just me and an acoustic guitar at the beginning. Um, Pretty much I'm like very isolated when I write for the most part. I am, you know, I'm an only child. I'm very like shy and like, you know, uh, I, I keep my shit hidden <laughs> for a while. So most of these songs were written just like on my own in my bedroom, sad tears on the guitar vibe. Um, and then, you know, when I go into the studio, that's when we kind of like flush out the parts and stuff like that. The band is definitely rotating pretty much all the time, except for Chuck, who is now pretty much a full-time member. And, and Trevor and Sundress kind of do the same thing, but it almost seems like they have more of a consistent group right now. I've got to kind of check mm -hmm. in with him and see what's going on there. But, yeah. you know, Sydney, you, um, you're talking about how you write these, you know, like you're just by yourself kind of isolated on your bed, like maybe crying along with like the feelings. I, like, I can relate a little bit. I, I, it's so hard um, to, to like put yourself out there 
right? Um, it, it, you as an artist, um, really, uh, any artist, I think, just really puts himself out there. And I have so much respect for that because that is so hard. Like, just even doing a podcast, like, I get nervous to do this shit because I feel like I'm putting myself out there, let alone writing this music. How do you, how do you get there? How do you go from... Um, being, you know, on your bed writing these songs um, to it now becoming something that is inspirational to other people? Oh, God, I don't know. I think I just try not to think too hard about, like, how personal the songs are. Like, you know, it's funny because, my, you know, my partner, the guy that's in my band, Chuck, is, like, he's, you know, my partner. And most of these songs were written, like, through the process of us, like, meeting and, like, starting to be together. So, it's a little awkward to like have the dude that the songs are about playing on the songs and like helping produce and stuff like that but I just try to like pretend that's not happening and I know that you know people people connect to it because it's real I don't like hold anything back it's all exactly what's happening and you know like I don't know if you've heard of this uh this driver's license song that just dropped a couple days ago it's like super TikTok famous. It's getting like 12 million plays a day on Spotify just because everybody knows what it's about and they feel connected to the story of like, you know, this artist. And I think that's really important. And when I listen to music, that's like, that's super important to me is like, okay, so what, what, what were they going? Like what actually happened? And I'll like go through their Instagram trying to figure out like exactly what they're talking about. I love that shit. It's amazing. Um, and, and again, just the reaction I, one of my favorite things about running this thing, spending thoughts is I spend a lot of time on social media and a lot of times I'm not even posting. I just like to see what the vibe is, like what the community and the culture is. And it just, I know you're seeing it too. Um, but from an outside perspective, it just, it's just so wholesome and I love it. And, and, <laughs> it. and we're going to get more of it on uh, February the 26th. Are there any other pre-release singles dropping before that date? Yes. There's one more single coming out on my birthday. When's your birthday or is, is that a date now that we can't talk about? I don't know if I'm allowed to say it's in February. I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't get in trouble, but it's it's in February. It's coming up pretty quick. So. All right. Well, then at least we know when this next um, hidden single drops, that it yeah. will also be your birthday. And so everybody makes sure that whatever the single is, you also wish wish Sydney a happy birthday. Yay. I'm really excited. I can't wait. Um, and I know I have a writer over here ready to rock and roll and write a review for uh, the upcoming album. So everybody, make sure you're checking out thespinningthoughts.com for that here in the next couple weeks. Um, we briefly talked about Rude Records. Um, I mentioned Trevor and Sundressed. Uh, Trevor may be one of the most um, repeat guests I've ever had on this show. Um, That's awesome. Love Trevor. Um, and so Rude dropped their record, Home Remedy, which I showed um, very uh, quickly here earlier. And uh, another band that I love, Happy, dropped uh, Imposter Syndrome via Root. So Root, Root is just all over the place. Uh, how did you get lined up with them? Honestly, the same way Sundress did through Mike Pepe. Mike Pepe is the actual man. We yeah. love him so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, he mixed the record and it was like, you know, again, during quarantine time when he didn't really like have a whole lot else to do. So for us, it was just like this kind of magical experience of coming together and getting to do something cool during a horrible time um and he he's really good friends with Federico at Rude so he you know was nice enough to send it over and it just all happened when was the actual signing that went public I'm not actually familiar when that happened was it in 2020 it was yeah it was last summer I think we announced around 
August, I think. It's, the time is all blurring together. I kind of don't remember exactly, but it was sometime around late summer. Last year was a decade of years, so I, I don't blame you. Um, we, so we're talking here about the debut full-length album, and um, it, it's 10 tracks. You've released four, so you're, you're saying there's going to be a fifth. So half the album's going to come out before, the, uh, which I love. And it, it seems like that is um, kind of what listeners and fans kind of want. They want to get a nice glimpse of this album before it drops. I love the psychology, if there even is any, behind the structuring of releasing singles you know before the album yeah. I, I talk to bands sometimes it's literally like they're like yeah dude sorry like there's no magic here like we just kind of said yeah this one bangs like let's do it you know <laughs> when I talk to bands where it, there's a lot of thought and there's no right or wrong I'm just kind of curious like, th these four songs um they're impressive and mm -hmm. there's even a fifth one coming what has been the thought process behind it like has there been any on like which one dropped when and why is there any psychology for you behind this a little bit. Well, the first one that came out was I Refuse to Die. And I re actually released that before I signed to Rude. I was like, I just was so excited. I wanted to like eat it out as soon as it was ready. And that song in particular, like it did not feel like a single. It was probably like my least favorite song on the album, but it felt so timely, like because it, you know, I released it around like uh, April or June of last year. And it just felt like the right thing to do. It was, it's like, you know, the most positive song I've ever written. I wrote it in 2019 before I knew any of this shit was going to happen. And it was about like feeling like something bad was about to happen, but refusing to quit anyway, just like, you know, keep on trucking vibes. Um, so yeah, I put that out and then the rude thing happened. So we re-released that and then, um, the second single that came out was Steve, which is my favorite song off of the record. And then, yeah, from there, Rude kind of helped me determine what they thought would be the best like order of things from there. I think Object Permanence being the fourth single was like really strategic for them. Um, and it seems to be going okay so far. I'm really happy with it. Object Permanence is a great song. It just dropped on January the 15th. And as Sydney mentioned earlier, it is on our new Music Friday Spotify playlist. You can go and follow that. We actually, uh, we keep the bands on. So like Sydney, that track will be on again next week. So there's always 60 bands on there because we do 30 yeah. new bands every single week that drop new. It's nuts getting this together. And my team of 10 plus help me. So I implore everybody out there, go check out this new Music Friday Spotify playlist. Object bands. Yep. So we have these four pre-release singles. You, you kind of read my mind because I was going to ask you, uh, maybe it's actually different. It's a slightly different question. Question: You said Steve is your favorite off the album. Yeah. I was curious um, so far of the four pre-released, what, what one you were the most proud of. I, is it Steve? Because it's the so. difference between proud and the one you like the most, right? I think so. That one's just, it's my baby. They're all my babies, but that one's like my special baby. And it's had so many lives before this one. I recorded that song, like, I think three times, like in the studio, full production, like going for it. And it just never felt like exactly what I wanted it to be. And this was the time that I, I think I got it there. And so I'm really, really proud of it. I even, um, Really, really loved. Uh, I was looking again with my in-depth research here at Spinning Thoughts, your uh, YouTube. Um, you did like this little holiday reimagination of Steve. Oh my God, thank you. 
thought it was fucking awesome. It, Thank it was you. Just hilarious uh, with the cat and everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just so cool to like, I guess it's in the same key because it, it all went along quite nicely with what was yeah. it? <laughs> Yeah, I think we threw some jingle bells in there. We I put some jingle bell rock very subtly in there too. <laughs> From that video, then I also have a question. Um, it seems as if you are a multi instrumentalist. Uh, I know as you were turning around and showing us slightly, there are some things you say maybe you're, you don't dive into as much. I see you playing guitar a lot. What instruments do you play? Which one do you like to play the most? Give us some insight there. Guitar is definitely my main instrument. I've been playing that for since I was like 10. So that's what I feel the most comfortable at. But I dabble at a little bit of everything. I try to play piano. I don't know any theory whatsoever, but I I hear things in my head and I normally can get it out enough to make the point usually. Um, I'll, I'll try to play bass every once in a while, but I'm not great at that. Um, and that's pretty much the extent of it, I think. In that Steve Jingle Bell or Christmas rendition. I also saw this like big ass stand up, you know, like bass or cello or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. You play that? Like, what the hell is that doing there? <laughs> That's Chuck's. That's all him. He's a bass player. That's like his thing. He's in a, a band called Jared in the Mill. They're also from here in Phoenix. Good. All right. Well, Jared yeah. in the Mill. Yeah. They're fucking awesome. Like, Everybody check out Jared in the mill. I'm actually not familiar, but uh, Sydney, the first thing we're going to do when we say goodbye is uh, check them out. Sick. Awesome. I hope you like it. I'm sure you will. They're great. Nice. All right. So we, you know, we're talking a lot about these pre-release singles. The last thing that I want to talk about in this vein kind of is um, we, we know that there's one, one more pre-release single. So that'd be the fifth and there, the rest of the album, there's 10 total. What, track that has yet to be heard are you most excited for people to finally hear there's one called time is gone that i'm really really i think i would say it's like either tied for first or my second favorite of the album and i think that one's Why gonna would you say that that's the one you're most excited about uh the production of it is really cool it's just i don't know how to explain it but i think the like the thing like depth you were talking about if if that's your thing you will like this one it's there's a lot happening and it's really cool. One thing that's really, really been catching my attention um, with this whole cycle leading up to this release of your debut um, is the aesthetic and the marketing, the graphics, your cover art um, of both the album and the singles, everything in between. That's really great. It's all like tied together, it seems. Who's behind this? Um, like you seem crazy artistic. Maybe it's you. I, I have no clue. I mean, who's behind all this stuff? that we're seeing leading up. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, it's actually my good friend, Michael Carter, who's also in Jared in the Mill. He's a banjo player. Um, that sounds talented then. Yeah, I've actually adopted most of that band at this point. The Their drummer played drums on the record too. And Larry, their guitar player, played some on the record also. So they're just the homeboys. But um, yeah, he's been like the art director of everything he's He's made all of the cover art. He's helped to kind of direct all of the music videos and he's been super involved in all of it. And it's all kind of been me, you know, spitballing like, okay, this is what the song's about. How do I like hide as many Easter eggs about the actual like thing I'm talking about in the artwork and in the music videos and kind of tie it into this weird universe together. The 
the cover art for this uh, full-length album that's coming out on the 26th of February, I also saw it in a music video. And now I can't remember what music video it was in, but it was like, or maybe it was, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was, um, I think you were playing Steve live. It, you yeah. Were, so where is that? Like it, cause it seems like it's a <laughs> like fixture. Like, and it, it really is just, I love the album art. And then I saw it in that live playthrough. So I got to know, like, why is it there? <laughs> what is it? it? It's well, it's funny. <laughs> um, the, the actual photo was taken in a motel room that we kind of like, we, really rebuilt the hotel room we like went in moved all the furniture around hung our own art like it was a whole a whole production and Natasha Wilson took that photo she's like uh, a friend of mine from middle school that's like a world famous photographer now she's working for Vogue and shit like absolutely crazy amazing um can't say enough about how talented she is but yeah, we we shot it there. And then Michael and the, another friend of ours, Taylor, built these panels that look like the room. So we can now like rebuild that set wherever we need to. Oh my so you'll be seeing more of it in the future for sure. That act, that makes so much sense because there's synergy. Like there is there is synergy in what I'm seeing here with what you're doing, not just with the music, but everything in between. I love to look at that. And that's so cool to hear that. Like that makes sense why I'm seeing this. And again, um, it, it these Easter eggs and it all connecting is pretty, pretty damn cool. Um, it, doesn't, it just doesn't even stop though with like the cover art and all that stuff. I mean, you're all over the place in terms of music videos and stuff. Uh, I'm seeing... Um, I'm curious again too on this, like who's who's involved with these music videos? It might be a hard question to answer because I'm asking very broadly and you have multiple. But like for example, um, object permanence, I think that video was that that I'm trying to think of which one the one where you're like on the news, right? Is that object permanence? That's uh well <laughs> it ties back in. So that part of that video is in object permanence, but the the news video is for I refuse to die. That's right. Okay. So like, for example, let's talk about that one then. Was that all you? Yes. So that was before, before all this happened, like mid, like intense lockdown situation. We didn't have any options as far as like, you know, having a crew or anything. So we made that Chuck and I made it on my iPhone in my kitchen. Shut up. See yeah. <laughs> I learned, I literally had never done any kind of video editing before. I learned how to do green screen stuff. I like learned video editing. I stayed up overnight for like three weeks in a row, just like trying to figure it out. That is so, so crazy to hear that you did it on an iPhone. One of my favorite bands is a band called City Mouth. I talk about them all the time. They're from uh, the Chicago area. And last year they they released um, their, their full length album. It was my second uh, on my top 10 list. Uh, Oh, yeah. Coping machine. And they, leading up in their cycle of releasing coping machine, they did a um, like a music video that they said on social media that they recorded off their iPhone. It's just like that DIY shit is so cool. You know, it's just like the average. Anyone can grab a phone. Look at the right. that you could do. It's amazing. Anything. Yeah. And, you know, the iPhones are so good now. These cameras like really it's unless you know the difference, it's hard to tell the difference. Absolutely. And again, I. I it's not to take away from any of the professionals, which are definitely needed, but it's also cool to get that aesthetic and that vibe of just like you doing it yourself. You know, yeah. I, for me, I really enjoyed that. Now there's, there's obviously other music videos that exist and those seem like much bigger production, right? What's that been like and who's been involved in those? Um, so 
for Steve and Syracuse Failure, it was actually Chuck's brother, this guy named Taylor, who goes by Dick Dorado. He's a amazing, amazing musician and director. He kind of does a little bit of everything, but he was like the mastermind of both of those videos. The Steve video was like, kind of like when things had loosened a bit and we were able to kind of like have, like do a big thing. We had like a whole ass production crew. We built the set in this like warehouse. Um, so that was really fun. And then the staircase video again was like more, it was just Taylor, me and Chuck and Jared from Jared in the Mill. The whole family was involved there. They're both in the video. Um, but we just shot that at Taylor's house. It's so cool. I love hearing uh, the insight to all this and I appreciate you sharing it with uh, me yeah. and the listeners here at Spitting Thoughts. Um, so during my, again, in-depth research, I did come across um, a music video from a few years ago uh, that you did, A-Bomb. And yes. I'm so mad that this is the first time I'm seeing this because I feel like I would have rocked the fuck out of this song for the last two goddamn years. Like, um, and right. I'll... <laughs> And it's still relevant today. It's like you you were onto it back when it was actually happening. Um, but like I said, this is the first time I actually heard this song, saw the video. I was blown away by the music video. I think it's one of the coolest music videos I've seen in the longest time because you were like legitimately in the women's march. Like they were around you, thousands of people, a diverse crowd. It was awesome. It gave me goosebumps. Uh, can you talk to me about that experience? It dropped in 2018. But yeah. The Women's March was in, I mean, the big one was in 2017, right? Were you at the 2017 one? or There's yeah. one every year, I think, too. I'm, I'm ignorant to it slightly. Uh, we, I think my timeline's jumbled now, but I'm, I think that that was the 2017 March that we shot at, and I released it a bit later. But I, um, I shot that again with Natasha Wilson, who did the artwork for the new album. Um, she's fucking awesome. But yeah, it kind of was her idea. I had written the song in 20 like late 2015 i think before uh before the election before anything happened it was just like a, oh fuck like no we cannot do this and then we did it and um so i you know i sent her the song and i was like what do you think would be a good way to like visually present this and she had the idea of doing it at the march and you know we shot it there it was insane like you know having a crazy expensive camera with like all this stuff happening was just like super super overstimulating um but just like amazing to be a part of i wish i could go i wish that there were still uh marches to go to it was an amazing experience but yeah the song actually isn't on streaming anymore we took it down um because we were gonna re-release it but now i don't know it's hard to say if it's gonna still be relevant or not i feel like it will um and i would love to put it out again stamp in time i think it's important and look if anything i mean that music video the the lyrics and the music and everything are powerful but the, that music video i mean it's like taking my breath away just like kind of seeing it um I don't know. It's it's not you being it. I everybody's got to check it out. I mean, like you're literally in the middle of these crowds. Like you've got your guitar. Like you're. I don't even know like the logistics of how you would pull that off and be wild, right? Like to be safe and to even be on sync and time with whatever the hell like playing along with your own song. Right. <laughs> it 
somebody had an iPhone playing it as loud as they could. And, you know, it was weird going into it. Like I kind of expected, I kind of expected people to be like annoyed. Um, but everybody was so nice. The energy was so high. Like, you know, people were like digging the song. It was like, you know, it felt like we were all in it together. It was really fucking cool. Oh, I love it. Um, and I'm glad it li- at least still exists uh, on YouTube. So everybody can go. Yeah. I'm so so cool um, so maybe I will see you at the end of the world again debut full length from Sydney it's coming out on February 26th via rude records um, we're living in a world that doesn't want us to um, you know have the kind of fun that we used to currently and hopefully we're gonna round a corner at some point um, even maybe toward the back end of 21 for shows and things like that to come around but this album's dropping toward the end of February what kind of plans do you have to support and celebrate such an amazing achievement a lot of bands do live streams a lot of bands are doing special merch I don't know if you do or, or getting vinyl if you're getting vinyl of this I'm gonna be so fucking over this I'm gonna be all over this Sydney so bring me the up the vinyl variants are so sick they're so cool uh, yeah, you can pre-order now on uh, Rude Records site. There's three different uh, variants, and they all kind of like go with the artwork, like you know I do. Um, I'll throw them up on the screen for everybody as we're talking about it. But um, if you're familiar with the three, is there one that you like the most? Because maybe I'll go and get that one. I love the light, the one that kind of looks like stars. It's black with white flecks, and it just oh it's when you pull it out. It, mm, I haven't seen it yet, and I, that, so that's my in-depth research. I guess I didn't get that far. Um, I'm so excited. One of my goals this year is every artist I have on my show, I want to if they have vinyl, I want to buy it because if you can see, I have a ton behind me. You uh, do. You have a pretty massive collection there. I do. Most of it's like 60s and 70s stuff. Um, I'm a Pretty big cool. like hippie kind of. I'm the Beatles shit that's all behind me, but um, I need to get more of like the artists that I'm talking to. So it's a goal of 21. Anybody who has vinyl, I'm buying it. So uh, yeah, I'm so, this is my first time ever having my songs on vinyl. It's, it's got, definitely. it's got, I had, so I had Jared from Dear Youth on uh, last week and they dropped vinyl for their debut album as well, Heirloom, which is on the way. It should be here in a couple of days. It's beautiful. It's got the splatter. Um, I was asking him like, dude, I'm going to ask you, I mean, like, what does it feel like to have vinyl? Like, I don't know if you're a vinyl head, but to me, that would be the most insane. Like it will live forever. It's so fucking cool. It's just so fucking cool. I never, I'm, I'm, I always hoped and dreamed that I would, but it just, it feels so cool. Do you, do you own any of them yet? Like, are they in, in your hands? Not yet, but yeah. any, any day I'm waiting for my, my test prints. Oh, geez. Okay. So what other things are you going to do then in support of uh, this album when it drops on the 26th? Obviously, you're like, we're talking, there's different vinyl and I'm sure there's merch bundles and things like that. What other, what other things are you doing? Um, well, I'm going to be doing some like uh, individual like shirt releases for each of the singles that have come out to kind of like commemorate each one. Um, really excited about that. And then live stream, obviously I'm going to do some kind of bigger live stream around the release. I'm not totally positive what the plan is there yet. It'll just depend on like what we're able to do with COVID restrictions at that point. Um, But I've been live streaming every Monday on Twitch and that's kind of like my, you know, we're getting hype there every single week. So lots of, lots of live streams. Again, it's it, you're reading my mind. One of the questions I had here was I do see that you are on Twitch and that you stream every Mondays. Um, I can't remember the time. Is it seven, six? I'm sorry. What is the time that you stream? It's seven. 
uh, Mountain Time. There we go. Okay, so uh, Seven Mountain Time Twitch every Mondays. Uh, you you're like marketing says you do like original and cover songs. So yeah, experience like for somebody like I've never joined one of those. What what could I expect? Um, it's it's super fun. The chat is lit. Everybody there is a blast. Like every week, I've been shocked because you know, like before this, I kind of was like afraid to live stream because I wasn't sure if it would just be like my parents showing up. Like you know, that's awkward. But I've been just shocked every week that people are consistently showing up that they're like super engaged um and like i said before like i've been doing cover gigs for the last like billion years of my life and so you know i know like a lot of covers and i've gotten pretty used to like learning songs on the spot i'll just have like a ipad or a computer in front of me and just kind of like read tabs as i go along so i've been having people submit I have like a, a running collaborative playlist that they submit their requests into. I'll like learn some of those and then people will just kind of like shout stuff out into the chat and I'll try to figure out whatever they want to hear. Um, I throw some originals in there, new ones, old ones, just try to do a little mix of everything. That's amazing. I, I can relate. Um, it, as I was telling you off the air, Sydney, you know, we're, we're starting and everybody knows this who's part of Spitting Thoughts. We're starting the video podcast thing. And I have been dragging my feet on it, honestly, because I was nervous. Like, what's the engagement going to be like? You know, like, um, I feel like it's just you're like we talked about, like you're putting yourself out there a little bit more. I've been nervous to do it, but I've been telling myself in 21 after seeing the artists that I've loved that uh, you, you are included in that, like still brave through shit and, and still put themselves out there. I'm going to try the same thing in 21 and support as many bands uh, as I can along the way. So definitely an inspiration, Sydney. I really appreciate you sharing all of oh, Thank you. It's always scary. It never, it's never not scary, but people for the most part are still like home with nothing to do. And so I know I appreciate having more stuff to consume. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, thinking in a best case scenario, which is probably tough sometimes, but maybe needed also, um, to, to, to think um, of silver linings or what is hopefully coming soon. Um, we're early in 21. You're dropping a full length early in 21. There's there's talk about like in the back half of 21 that maybe tours, I don't know how likely tours are, but maybe smaller shows that are on an individual basis and, and maybe, right? What do you hope, Sydney, that like in terms of like your music that you can kind of um, evolve with in 21 if, if you could just suspend some of the restrictions that may still exist gosh any shows at all would be so so nice um i i do feel hopeful that fall winter 2021 is gonna be better i really do most of the people i've talked to i feel pretty confident that there will be at least some shows happening by the end of the year so that makes me feel pretty confident that there will be something and i think you know at least by next year hopefully touring will be an option for at least some people. It's going to be weird because, you know, everybody's been off the road for so long. And like, you know, obviously like a lot of venues, unfortunately haven't made it through. Um, so just, you know, there's not going to be enough spots for everybody for a while. There's going to be some really, really heavy competition for gigs. You know, that is such an insightful thing to say. And and you're like, I don't even think that we are even sure of how bad it really is going to be in that regard. I think you're like nailing it, though. Like, think about it. Uh, I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, there's a uh, a venue called The Rex. 
that yeah. is in the South Side. And it, I mean, I've played there with my bands. I've gone and seen so many bands. Most recently, I mean, State Champs played there. Um, uh, Neck Deep played there just recently before all the shit. Guess what? The Rex no longer exists. They're gone. So like the the neck deeps and, and you know, in our scene, we look at neck deep like they're fucking huge and they are in our scene, but not like beyond the scene, you know, right. like they're not going to go play at a place for those who know Pittsburgh stage AE where, you know, the struts are going to play, you know. And so what happens in, in neck deep again is at the top tier in terms of, I guess you could say popularity in our scene. What about like the the mass amount of your regional bands? What are they going to do? You know, right. when they're when they're mapping out uh, like a B city tour, you know, or a C city tour, it's going to be crazy. And and hopefully maybe maybe it will bring back some of these venues or, or they'll resurface in other names in other ways. It will. It, they're, they're, you know, supply and demand and all of that. Like there things will eventually come back to some form of normalcy. But I think my personal opinion and belief is that DIY and house shows are going to be like a really big thing once this all starts up, which is something that I've already been really into and I'm excited to get back into once I can. Um, I'm always down to play somebody's living room if anybody wants me. <laughs> this um, pop artist, um, like indie pop artist by the name of Fangs, P-H-A-N-G-S. I want to say they're from the Columbus area, but I'm probably wrong on that. Um, they were doing something like in 19, I think in 18 and in 19, where they were legitimately scheduling living room tours. I mean, I'm talking 19 to 25 city goddamn living room tours. And they yeah. were you know, taping it in these, these, these fans homes, like their mothers were baking cookies for this guy and stuff, yeah. but it was some of the most amazing, like content, even photos and videos to see. And just like it, how much more amazing could it get to be that close to, to an artist? It's amazing. I actually, I did something similar to that in 2019 with my friend, Danielle Dirac, who's another Phoenix local. She's yeah. badass. She oh, just got her record yesterday. Object permanence, right? Yeah, she sings on Object Permanence, and then I have a song that we co-wrote on her record called Billy. So we kind of like, you know, mix and match between the two of us. But um, she's fantastic. She's signed to uh, a management company called Undertow, and they that's kind of their jam is they do living room tours. Wow. And so we I got to hop on one of those, and it was exactly the vibe you're describing of, you know, people making cookies and like just, you know, the best possible warm fuzzy feelings you can imagine it was you know it's kind of intense being playing in that intimate of a setting because you're you know you're right there it's like there's no stage there's no microphone we're just I'm here with you pouring my heart out and uh, it was kind of the best I loved it Wow. It's, it's been so cool to talk to you, Sydney, because I, my impressions of you before talking to you were just like the energy, uh, the words that you sing, the music, it's all, uh, maybe not always like an uplifting vibe, but like, it's like, I think even things that like, hit the core can still like inspire and help people move forward. And so just overall, you've just had a really nice impact, um, on me personally, just with your music and, and getting to know you more. Um, I'm really, really stoked to check out the the album that is due to drop on February the 26th, the debut full-length album. Uh, maybe I will see you at the end of the world. Sydney, before I let you go, um, I do want to just give you the opportunity to say anything else. Um, maybe correct me if I fucked something up, right? Or add something that I didn't get to, to talk to you about. This is your chance to just uh, give us any final thoughts on your mind. Hmm. You didn't fuck anything up. This has been a wonderful experience. <laughs> um, gosh, 
what else is there? Um, we talked about Sundress. We talked about Danny's record. Very important. It's called No Place. It's out um, as of yesterday. And then um, check out Jared in the Mill. The whole Phoenix scene. I got to rep. Got to rep the fam. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really crazy. The more people I talk to, the more I realize that that scene is bumping up. First and Forever. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Awesome. Fuck, love them. Holy Fawn. I don't know if you're familiar with them at all. Yes, absolutely. Thick as fuck. Um, who else do we got? Uh, there's a new band coming up right now called Good Boy Daisy. You would probably really appreciate them. They've got a really sick song out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I guess that's kind of it. I just want to say, fuck yeah, Phoenix. <laughs> absolutely. What's the best way, Sydney? I'll put it down at the bottom of the screen and everything. But if you know it off the top of your head, what's the best way for people to get get to you? Where Where do you want them to go? Um. Let's see. SydneySprague.com has got all the kind of like, you know, news going on and links to everything else as well. Um, my Instagram is just at Sydney Sprague. I'm, I'm probably at my dumbest there, but that's where I'm the happiest. And I, you know, I'm always like instant or DMing or I'm God, I'm so old. <laughs> I'm always talking to people on Instagram, um, trying to get better at Twitter, actively trying. Um, so at Sydney Sprague on Twitter, I'm on TikTok trying to be on TikTok at Sid Spurgs. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I, I feel your grind there. I'm trying to get into uh, TikTok as well. So, you know, you can follow uh, Spinning Thoughts there as well. At Spinning I will. I will. Um, so, Sydney, look, this has been a pleasure. I uh, I literally have a list of artists that I want to get on my show in the first quarter of, of 2021, and you were literally at the very top. So I'm so grateful. Thank for you so much. I'm so grateful. Stop it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, Sydney, thanks again for being here for episode 209 of Spinning Thoughts. Once again, I want to thank Sydney for being here for episode 209 of Spinning Thoughts. I am so excited for the debut full length. Maybe I will see you at the end of the world due out February the 26th via Rude Records. Make sure you follow us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. Smash the like button, subscribe to us on YouTube, and we'll be back again, same time, same place next week. Until then, make sure you share music, spread love.